This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, December 21st, it is wintertime. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer the winter Linton. Solstice? I don't know. Typically, it's the 21st. It's the 20th, yeah. the 21st, or yeah. the 22nd. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's going up the average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is an expert in the winter solstice and a man who has plans for a new yeah. BYU basketball arena on the banks of Utah Lake, Jerem Jordan. That'd be fun, right? Uh, in case you missed it, Baylor is building a new facility for men and women's hoops, uh, which will be uh, ready to go on the uh, in January 24. On the waterfront, which is pretty cool there. Uh, 185 mil, amazing. Here's, here's a question mark I have. 7,000-seat arena. What? Uh, Baylor men and women's basketball combined are perhaps the best basketball programs in the country. Why is it only 7K? Houston has an arena that's 7,100, Yes, the, the Fertitta Center. Yeah. But why, why, why? I don't understand. Granted, we come from the, if your stadium's small, we think you're weird. <laughs> I don't know why we like we have that culture here, but we have big venues, and so we we think um, why wouldn't it be a large venue? It's the new hip thing to do, Jerem. As you pointed out, Houston's arena is brand new and awesome, but seats fewer. The Kennel in Spokane only seats six thousand. Cameron Indoor only seats nine thousand. Yeah. The elite basketball programs apparently want stadiums. That seat fewer than ten thousand people. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a stadium if it's less than. Ten An arena, yeah, like that's called a steak center to us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like what? Has the West Coast Conference known something all along about setting trends for small arenas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just yeah. So if it was 14k, would it be double the cost? Like what was the? 16? It is kind of brilliant because they will sell out every game. Well, that's see, that's the thing. Do you want to sell out every game, or do you want to? Well, you can charge more if you want to get into the new arena, right? You can raise True. The ticket prices. True, but and the yeah. demand becomes higher. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can play with the economics of that. <laughs> yeah. So, for those who don't know, BYU will have the largest basketball venue, and I and when Texas leaves, is it the like the third or fourth or something largest football venue? When Texas Oklahoma has a big Oklahoma stadium, they, leave, yeah. I believe BYU will have the biggest football venue. Yeah, one club. it's one of the biggest, which is awesome. And then basketball, it is the biggest. It's good to be in first place. We, I, I, for some reason, we love that. E- even yeah. when you're measuring the first. size of arenas. Oh, we love, we love a non-competition uh, <laughs> thing. Oh, number one in the country in firesides. Yes. Number one in uh, helmet stickers back in the day, you know, all that stuff. We got that on lockdown. Today's show lineup also on lockdown and will cater to well over 7,000, if you're wondering. It includes a discussion on Decision 2021. Will BYU star running back Tyler Algier stay for one more season or will he go? And what kind of difference would that man make in the win-loss column if he decided to stay with BYU football next Mm -hmm. season? Center James Empey has declared for the draft. How will that impact the offensive line? Former NFL and BYU standout David Nixon joins us live with his opinions. Plus, BYU men's basketball on the islands and trending back up in the latest ESPN bracketology. 
and Top 5 Tuesday is double the fun. A Top 10 Tuesday recapping the top 10 plays of the Cougar football season. Bring on today's BYU Sports Station headlines. James Empey announces he is entering the NFL draft. He started in all 41 games he played in at BYU. He did miss six games this season due to injury. Four-year starter has received numerous accolades during his career. PFF graded him as one of the best offensive linemen and centers a couple years ago. He was a freshman All-American. But uh, unfortunately, an injury-riddled fifth year for James this season. Best of luck to James Empey. I was hoping he would become Jim Empey. That never actually happened. We're going to miss Jim. BYU men's basketball in Hawaii for the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. Eight teams all tip off tomorrow. The tournament runs through Christmas Day. Of note, BYU has the highest Ken Palm ranking, number 24, of any team in the tournament. The Cougars face South Florida, who has a Ken Palm ranking of 235. Let's hope BYU shows up and takes care of business in that first game. Joe Lenardi also has BYU as the latest, or the last rather, seven seed in his newest bracketology back okay. up from the eight seed line. By the way, our research team, a.k.a. Ben, uh, discovered that when Texas and Oklahoma leave, BYU have the largest yeah. football yep. facility. In exactly. The That's pretty neat. Biggest football stadium when those two are gone. you care about that. Women's hoops moved up a spot to 19 in the latest AP poll after beating a fifth Power 5 opponent uh, in Washington State. The Cougars are ranked for the fourth week in a row, longest streak since 07. Ambrosia Anderson, what's up? They wrap up their non-conference schedule at Montana State tonight. Don't tell me BYU won't go to Bozeman because they're there tonight. They will go to Let's Bozeman. Let's go. Davide Gardini of BYU Men's Volleyball named an off-the-block preseason All-American. Not a shocker. I voted him first-teamer. Davide was among the national leaders last season, hitting 327, and he was an All-American selection in 2021. Nobody else mentioned, and that will be the pursuit for BYU Men's Volleyball. Is who else is there that will show up at a – High level. You always got some talent, but it's a lot of new guys. Tony Takitaki had six tackles and attack for loss, and the Browns lost to the Raiders yesterday. Browns take on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' doppelganger in the stands (laughs) on Christmas. There's a conspiracy that that guy was absolutely planted by NBC. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Decision 2021 to turn pro or return for another season. BYU's new single-season rushing record holder, Tyler Algier, told us on Saturday he's going to keep us guessing after I asked him when he's going to make the decision about going pro or returning to BYU for one more season. Jerem, Let's push it forward and say, I don't know, Tyler does what many don't think he will do, and he returns to BYU. Do your win expectations for 2022 sway two games one way or the other, depending on how that decision works out? Two is an interesting number. Um, It's probably something like that. He, I I think he swayed BYU by one, one and a half games this year. Maybe two. Like, if Tyler Algier doesn't play in the Washington State game, I don't think BYU necessarily wins that game. Does BYU beat Arizona State without Tyler Algier in the punch? Right. And what he did on offense, too? Yeah. He joined Kai Nakua with the punch games. Um, I had to. That was easy. Come on. I love you, Kai. Come on. Um, He swayed so many games for BYU this year because he was incredible. It was the greatest rushing season for an individual in BYU history. Now, Jamal Williams and or Taysom Hill might have done this in 2013, by the way, had they not had to 
you know, play with each other. They had 2,500 yards combined. I mean, that might have happened that, that year with those guys. It was amazing. Tyler is by far and away the MVP of this team. It's, so, if, like, if he's not on the team next year, is it two fewer losses? If he's on the team, is it two more wins? It might be, dude. Like, BYU's ability to, again, be positive in margin was a massive thing this year. I w- if there's no Tyler Algier, I think BYU needs to go to uh, the transfer portal and find somebody. Um, because I do like who BYU has behind them. But you're going up against Notre Dame, neutral, Oregon on the road, uh, and Arkansas, Arkansas Baylor, Baylor at home, Provo. Stanford, um, who's kind of down, right? At Boise State. It's tougher than this year. It's a tougher schedule, so you need a quality running back. So two is – dude, two feels like a lot, but honestly, Tyler Algier had an amazing season. Think about think about the the one team without Luke Staley. Like what kind of difference that would have made. Brian McDonald-Ashworth that year was awesome. He got hurt, so Luke like took all those yards. But BYU doesn't have a Brian McDonald sitting there per se, you know, this year. So I think two is probably spot on. You want a fair comparison but in a different sport? How big of a deal was it that Alex Barcelo came back for BYU men's basketball? Because that is essentially what we are witnessing, whether or not Tyler decides to come back or not. If he decided yeah, to come yeah, back, yeah, yeah. it's a similar type of impact. I think that Tyler is a little more valuable to BYU, even, Ooh. which is and that's saying something. Which because is insane, right? is amazing. Yes, absolutely. No, no argument there. I told my brother last night. I think Tyler Algier is the difference between ten and three and eight and five. Next year. If Tyler Algier <laughs> 10-3 leaves, next year would be yes. awesome. If he comes back, I think BYU absolutely is capable of going 10-3 and three again. Another 10-win season. He is that big awesome. of a deal. Yeah. Because they have an established offensive line, even though they lose James Empey, BYU brings back a ton on that offensive line. And you add a five-star. And exactly. Yes. With Kingsley Suamataia and Tyler Algier right now is like a five-star running back. He's like a five-star running back. Great point. So you bring back a five-star running back to run behind an offensive line that has a five-star and a bunch of other really solid guys up front. I'm drooling right now thinking about it. I know. And you bring back Jaron Hall as your starting quarterback. Okay? Okay. It's amazing. Tight ends. Isaac Rex going to get healthy. Down Holker's really good. Who knows what happens with Gunnar Romney, but I think Puka Nakua is going to come back. He'll join Chase Roberts. BYU is loaded on offense, and if Tyler Algier comes back, he is the crowning jewel of that offense. BYU's going to win 10 games next year if Tyler comes back in place. Whew, that'd be nice. I would take nine against next year's schedule because I think it's you have harder teams. This year was a quantity power five. Like, yeah, in the end, you had two big uh, power five champs. Yes, absolutely. But, like, there was a big drop-off after those two. Like, Arizona State – wasn't that great? Washington State was better than they normally are, but then it wasn't like, dude, we beat like all these ranked teams. It's like, well, when the dust settled, BYU's going to have defeated perhaps two ranked teams, and they were both in state, which is crazy. Utah State's going to finish ranked at 11-3. Will happen. And then Utah, of course, will finish perhaps really high if they win the Rose Bowl. That would be crazy. Uh, go Ohio State. But there, you brought up some other guys. Tyler Algier, of course, is the crown jewel. James Empey's out. Neil Pau, is he coming back? We'll see. I get the sense that Neil's good. Yeah, I feel like Neil is is uh, play. He's played his last game at BYU. Gunnar Romney has had a full beard going into the bowl game. That screams I'm leaving. <laughs> it just does. Okay, who, who knows? Who knows? I hope he comes back. I love Gunnar. 
Puka, I think, will smell around and see what the NFL is, is, is saying, and then he'll come back, hopefully have a great year again, and then he can go early. Lorenzo Faltea has tweeted that he's coming back, it sounds like. Yeah, looking forward to a better, healthier yes, that, season. Yes. That would suggest that he's going to play next year. Yes, we thought this was his last year. And then, of course, Jaron Hall, if he, if he replicates uh, what he did this year again and can stay healthy, again, Jaron didn't get through the whole year, unfortunately. He'll absolutely times. be on several NFL players. Yes, radars. absolutely. So, yeah, no, BYU's got some real weapons, but if Tyler Algier's not in that mix... It's a big difference. Miles Davis, Jackson McChesney, Hinkley Ropati. You, you need a transfer portal guy to be in the mix. Though. Lopini Katoa is coming back, and I I said it before, yeah. I will always take senior leadership and experience. He he will Who's, do some good things for BYU next year. Totally. Who's the game breaker that's going to help BYU beat Notre Dame, Oregon Baylor? Like, one of those guys needs to really show up. Miles, we haven't seen a ton. Jackson has done nothing to not deserve a shot. Because when he's played, he's played well. So, yeah, we'll see. Is there a Tyson Williams somewhere in the transfer portal? Yes. Come here. To be <laughs> like, <laughs> the transfer it. portal is hot right now. There are more guys in the transfer portal right now than there have ever been in the history of college football. The dating transfer portal in Provo. Now, that is a, now that's a hot portal. Our question of the day. <laughs> Do your win expectations for 2022 sway two games, one way or the other, depending on Tyler Algier's decision? Uh. The Voice of the Nation. This is The Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Adam Gibby answers on Twitter. I trust the coaches to make a just... Checks notes and sees that Algier broke the single season rushing record while playing seven power fives. Yeah, having him back would be huge and would likely be the difference in a few wins or not. Seriously, he's that good. <laughs> like we just we just saw an all time individual performance. Given the schedule, given any schedule, sixteen hundred yards. Given any schedule, let alone that schedule, sixteen hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns against seven power fives. Like, would he have had thirty touchdowns in a G five schedule? Probably. You know what I mean? Probably. Like, the way he played was unbelievable. Probably breaking Luke Staley's touchdown record, too. Oh, amazing. Just think if he had played uh, more than one quarter against Idaho State. This is a good point. But in, in, the, in the hierarchy, Luke did what he did in 11 games, by the way. Can't forget that. Like, all the passing records that happened, a lot of guys yes. were taken out early. Sure. Luke did it against uh, Although, 11 teams, but Tyler yeah. did it against seven power fives. Yes. And Jim McMahon stayed in the game against UTEP to put up 83 points. Hashtag BYUS <laughs> on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, will BYU get a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament for a third year in a row? And former NFL and BYU linebacker David Nixon joins us. What did he think of the defensive performance in the bowl game? We want to ask him that. And how big of a difference will Tyler Algier making that win-loss column in his opinion? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Kiki Solano tries to run faster than Tyler Rodgers. No, that's not the case. Uh, the end of the season means it's time to look back on the top plays of the year. Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Then we can compare. Yeah. We're going to have a top ten uh-huh. coming up later. We can compare which plays with the top plays That's of the year. That's right. Our top ten plays of the year coming up, as Jared right. mentioned, in just a little bit. 
Welcome back to Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now over Zoom is one of our good friends, former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon. David, happy holidays, man. How are, uh, how are the holidays treating you thus far? Uh, just tremendous. Uh, you know, it's, it's nice and cold outside, so it feels like Christmas. My in-laws live in Los Angeles, so, you know, this year we're staying here, but usually when we go down there, you're walking around in a bathing suit. It just doesn't feel like Christmas. So this year, uh, tis the season. Why didn't you do that for this interview? Uh, I should have now that it's uh, a little too cold, but, um, you know, it is what it is at this point. Next time. Okay, next time. We'll lose the shirts, too. Uh, let's talk about yeah. our question of the day. We, we said, if Tyler Algier returns, is it a two-game difference in wins than if he's gone and two fewer wins? Like, is he a two-game difference guy? Is he that big of a difference? A, a two-game swing type guy? Yep. Uh, I think so. Honestly, I think so. And, and the, the bowl game shows uh, his capabilities and, and how he can put the team on his, on his, literally on his back. I mean, he's, he's a difference maker. And, and I think the thing about Tyler, I mentioned this in the postgame show, Obviously, his on-field uh, display is incredible. But, but the kid, the way he approaches the game, how humble he is, I think the team rallies around that type of personality. I mean, this is a guy who brings his lunch pail to work every single day. Uh, he out, he's out there grinding. He's not a me, me, me type guy. He's not trying to be flashy, and he's out there celebrating like crazy and trying to draw attention. This is a guy who just goes to work. And I guarantee you that offensive line and all those players rally around him and want to block harder for him to make sure he can spring a big run. And so – uh, I think his personality is one of those things that, that's infectious, uh, that drives the culture of this team. And I think that is worth two games in and of itself. But, of course, his on-field on talent, uh, the way he's able to, to, to go about his game, the holes he's able to see, the vision. And the thing is, we continue to see him year in and year out evolve more and more. Uh, I, I, it's scary to think what he could do next year coming back for one extra year. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I mentioned this on Twitter it's a different day and age right now with NIL. I mean, a couple of years ago, prior to NIL, I'd say 100%, Tyler, go get your money, go get taken care of, take, your, take care of your family. But this day with NIL, there's an opportunity for maybe, uh, you know, some money to be put in place to incentivize him to come back and he can make close to or maybe what he would make as a rookie. Uh, you just never know. And so it's a, it's a different day and age. I think the advice now is different than we would have given somebody two, three, four, five years ago. David Nixon is with us on BYU Sports Nation. David, I mentioned it earlier, but I really do feel like he is the, different, the difference between BYU going 10-3 and three against a loaded 2022 schedule and 8-5. and five. But let's take it a step beyond that. Is there any opponent on next year's schedule that you look at with the idea that Tyler Algier is playing for BYU that you think, oh, man, I, I don't know about that game. I don't know if BYU can win. Because I do not see an opponent on the schedule – based on what would come back with Tyler Algier that I think BYU couldn't win that game. I think they're capable of winning and beating every opponent on next year's schedule if he is in the lineup. I would agree. And I think his skills coming to play are even more, more crucial when we look at, say, Arkansas. SEC, hard mouth uh, type football. This is something that I, I think he's, he'd be a key role in coming back and, and playing in that game. Uh, you look at the rest of, of course, Oregon and Baylor – we saw Baylor and the what, what they can do to teams, right? They're very physical as well. Um, and so, I, you know, the, the, the list of next year's games, it, it's pretty exciting. The last year of Independence, uh, to look at the quality of schedule BYU has lined up. Unfortunately, it's not the seven P5s. It's only five P5s next year. I think the quality of the teams next year is is, uh, is probably higher than the quality of BYU played this year. Yes. Um, but 
just to have some breaks in there, right? I mean, I think that the schedule is is pretty well balanced from uh, start to finish. Yeah, it's going to be a fun schedule regardless. Hopefully Tyler Algier's on it. If he's not, hey, you got to buckle up and go into this. So let's say Tyler Algier's not on that team. Um, are you th- are you starting with the idea of, okay, eight and five is probably the prediction? Where are you at with that? Listen, after this year, I've, uh, I've realized don't ever underestimate Kalai Satake and these Cougars. Honestly, I, I don't know if I go eight and five. I think I have higher expectations with how many guys that are coming back for next year. Um, yeah, it looks like you're not losing MP. If you lose Tyler, you lose Tyler, obviously. There are only a few seniors on this team, but you bring back Jaron Hall, a healthy offensive line, hopefully a healthy defense. Um, you add all those pieces, uh, and I, I think your expectations start to rise a little bit from there. I don't know, eight, five, I, I think more like you're in that nine and four range um, or however that plays out, I guess, nine and four. But uh, I think I think you expect a little bit more from this team because of the pieces that are coming back next year. David, when you look at the 2021 football season, and I know we've been pushing it forward in the conversation thus far, but when you look back at 2021, 10-3, 5-0 against the Pac-12, 6-1 against seven Power Fives, a win over Utah to snap the streak, how will you define the season pushing forward? This is a tough one, right? I think everyone's dealing with this struggle right now because you end the season on a sour note. Um, I, I take it for what it was early in the season when BYU's ranked top 15, uh, where we were looking at the college football playoff poll coming in every week and kind of wondering if we jumped up our spot. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? That's for fans. That's what we live for. Um, and then the fact that you knock off your rival, I mean, you did a lot of great things. Unfortunately, we got bit by the injury bug and, and, and BYU struggled with keeping guys healthy in the season. And we saw it start to creep in a little bit against USC and then in the bowl game, it was on full display where you had uh, second and third stringers, guys that frankly probably weren't ready for the moment, uh, had to step in and play. And, and it was just tough to watch because BYU str- defensively struggled to stop the run. Offensively, there were some moments where, I mean, I think you go back to the fourth downs, BYU struggled to convert fourth downs to a five. Um, so both sides of the ball are at fault here. Defensively, though, for me, I think, I think the defense lost this game in the sense that the offense put up enough points, I think, to win it at 28, but the defense just couldn't make stops in crucial situations. So um, it was, it was a, that was a tough one. So, of course, like I said, you leave the season a little bit with a sour taste in your mouth, but uh, I'm grateful. 10-3 and three is still a fantastic season. Anytime you can win double-digit games, especially with so many guys that left last year, you take all that into account. Uh, I'm pretty grateful for the season. Like I said, you beat your rival, who's had obviously a great season. Um, so that says a lot. You go undefeated against the Pac-12. There's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, but I agree, it's tough when you lose the game like that, the bowl game. You guys sleep on that one. It's a it's a long off season. But hopefully that you know the team can take that and use that as kind of drive and determination going the off season to to use that as motivation to to get better and and kind of come out swinging next year. The season was certainly weighted given how tough the schedule was with all the Power Five teams, seven. And then when you go to the Big Twelve, welcome to Big Boy Football, right? Eight or nine a year. We still don't know what that number is going to be, um, but. Here we go into the final year of independence next year. And I put out um, the 2023 BYU schedule the other day and said, which yesterday, which games do you want to keep? Which do you want to drop? What's the scheduling philosophy in your opinion of how BYU should proceed, whether it's a three or four game non-conference schedule? I don't think you need to get ahead of your skis on this and, and find and cherry pick, uh, you know, all the big time P5 schools to add on to your already big 12. I think you go with the same recipe that the SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, all of them do, where you schedule kind of an FCS opponent. Um, you go with a mid-tier 
maybe like a Mount West G5 type opponent. And then you go with a nice uh, resume builder, another P5. I, I think you find that balance because if you try to go with three P5s to start the season and then you jump <laughs> in from play, yeah, I think, yeah, it's brutal. Well, basically what happened this year will happen uh, 23 as well, where you, you're just stuck with injuries. I mean, there's once again, there's a reason why teams don't do that is because it's just brutal week in and week out to, to be able to sustain that. So uh, I think you find a nice, healthy balance, but it's tough because there's some great opponents on that 23 schedule who are you going to cherry pick to be that one elite P5 team? Tennessee. Uh, USC or, yeah, Tennessee, exactly. The debate's up in the air. I mean, it's a, there's a lot to pick from there for sure. No, it's not up in the air. It's a home game. It's the return game. It's the first game of the year. There's no way BYU's dropping that game uh, with Tennessee in 23. Uh, That'll be the home opener. I, I'd be shocked like if BYU game. doesn't. Yeah. USC is going to be I, 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 I like that game too because it's Tennessee. They're obviously on the up and coming. But it's not a it's not a Georgia or something. It's not somebody right. that's gonna that, that, that you could potentially lose to. It's still one that's a winnable type game, as we saw from a few years ago. Okay, you mentioned kind of the Utah did it. They said the ABC model, right? Um, you know, an A level, a B level, a C level. Obviously, an FCS team that helps you get into um, you know a, a bowl game uh, in, in that pursuit. I think BYU should go to seven home games. By the way, I think they should. Um, you, you play if you play four non con, you play maybe one true road. Maybe, right? Yes. Um, and then, you know, what should BYU keep Utah State every year? If it's a three-team non-con, that might be tough. Do you still want Boise State? I think Boise State's too good, um, given how yeah. tough the schedule's going to be. So what, what's your thought on kind of that, that group of five team or teams? I think the Boise State argument would be made depending on which P5 you go with. If you go with kind of lower-tier P5, maybe you need a Boise State to help bolster the schedule. Um, I think that will have to be all played by ear, but uh, I, I, I like Boise State and Utah State. It's fun to have some type of robberies in place, especially since, frankly, Utah, we'll see how that all plays out going forward with the Big 12. But I like having the robbery games, and, and they're, they're fun to, you know, in the community. The players love them. Um, so I think you got to find a way to keep some of those games in place. Uh, but at the same time, you got to find a way to keep your guys healthy. If, if now you're going to go compete for a, a Big 12 title, uh, you've got to make sure you've got the healthy horses. So you can't go out there, like I said, and play uh, tough opponent after tough opponent. You've got to, you've got to make sure it's well-balanced. So, um, and then you throw in the fact that Oklahoma and Texas now are going to be in the conference for a few years. How that comes into, comes into play with upper grabs, we'll see. David, I, I am of the opinion that BYU should keep a rivalry format as well. Just maybe it's an alternating year-by-year -year thing. One year BYU plays Boise State, the next year they play Utah State. Hopefully most of those games against the Aggies are in Provo, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Before you go, I do need to ask you about your reaction to Taysom Hill beating Tom Brady head-to-head. Ah! -head, the first time that Tom Brady has ever been shut out in his career in a home game. It's never happened. What would you think of that? The real goat won. That's all I got to say. Uh, no, listen, uh, obviously super, super excited for Taysom. Uh, I, I think, frankly, I think the Saints, I think they got a little conservative. Once they saw that Tom Brady's weapons, Fournette, um, Godwin, and Evans went down, I think they realized, hey, we don't need to go out there and throw 50-yard bombs all night long. Let's play a conservative game and, and get enough points to, to beat them. And they knew their defense. I mean, they have Tampa Bay's number. They beat them earlier this year as well. Um, and they, they, they've got 10 base numbers. So I think they got a little conservative and, and you know, made Taysom do just enough to win the game. Um, but uh, I thought he played really well. He took care of the ball, obviously. And, uh, you know, he, he was able to deliver some big throws when the big throws were needed. 
Um, he got beat up a little bit. I mean, that's that's the thing that's crazy about Taysom. I mean, we talked about injuries with BYU. You got a guy that's dealing with a with a torn ligament in his finger, uh, a guy that's got plantar fasciitis, torn plantar fasciitis. He's got you know thigh bruises. He got hit in the ribs against the Cowboys. I mean, the guy's dealing with everything, but he's a gamer. And he he's he's out there week in and week out for his team. And I think we talked about Tyler Algier and his team respecting him. I, I think the Saints respect Taysom, knowing what he's going through, that he's out there practicing and out there on game day, giving it his all. Um, and I think that's something that they built their team around as well. And it's, it's been fun to watch. Now their schedule is pretty favorable in the sense that uh, they, they could make a run here at the end of the season and find themselves in the playoffs. So it's, it's fun to watch uh, week in and week out now. Are you getting Taysom anything for Christmas? And if so, what is it? <laughs> Uh, I'm just sending him buckets of ice. All I'm <laughs> just go put your body in a bucket of ice and get that thing healthy. Get that dude to chill out, quite literally. Hey, David, uh, we appreciate the time, man. Wish you the happiest of holidays. Here's to a fantastic 2022. And uh, let us know if, uh, you know, Tyler Algier is, you know, lets you know on his decision because we would love to know as well. Yeah. I'll- I'll start pinging my sources. Uh, but in the meantime, Merry <laughs> Christmas to you guys, the whole BYTV crew. It's been a fun season. Now I kind of go into the uh, to, to my cave, and, and uh, I'll see you guys next year. But uh, fun times for sure. You got it. Thanks, David. Good to see you, David. Bye. <laughs> David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation, former NFL and BYU <laughs> linebacker. His brother-in-law, Taysom Hill, is 5-2 and two as an NFL starter. Pretty good. Coming up, the newest Deep Blue featuring the Bauer sisters from the volleyball team. And could BYU football in any way top last year's NFL draft class this season? Oh. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, to talk with former BYU football player, now Pastor Derwin Gray, about his Cougar playing days, intercepting Steve Young in the NFL, tackling Barry Sanders, who's the only person to ever do that, and how he came to know God. Let's do it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I think it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Around is presented by... Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. James Empey says he's bouncing for the NFL draft. Will BYU have more or less drafted than last year's five? They will have fewer players drafted than last year's five. That was an all-time draft class. Pretty good. Three guys in the seventh round pushed it up to five. Obviously headlined by Zach Wilson and then Brady Christensen in the third round. No, and that's not to say that BYU wasn't uber talented this year. They were great. They're not going to have five draft picks this year. BYU shined in a different way last year with nobody playing for a while and then, you know, being undefeated for most of the season and da 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 and having number two pick and that film getting out there and having a first team All American left tackle. Yeah, no, it'll be fewer than five. I'm hoping it's multiple. Yeah, that's the thing. It's if Tyler goes, obviously he's going to be drafted. Right. Other than that, James Empey's hurt. There's no guarantees of anybody else. Yeah. The fact that James is injured does not help his draft situation. He feels like... Honestly, I'm not sure he does get drafted. Yeah, that's like, the thing. I hope so, but... Who else? Tough. Maybe maybe a guy has an incredible Neil. camp or a pro day. Yeah. I, I, I see a, several guys in camp, a bunch of guys in camp, yeah. but the, the draft itself in December assessing it, it might be a one and done. It looks Hopefully like a one-pick draft for BYU football. Yeah. 
And that's if Tyler goes. That's if Tyler goes. All right, Jeremy, the stat of the day, courtesy of ESPN's Joe Lenardi. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU men's basketball has played and has won the most quad one and quad two games in the NCAA. Okay. Six wins in eight games. All Go. six wins are quad two. What do you make of that stat? Yeah, that, that BYU's played a tough schedule. Um, you want more quad one, and hopefully they'll slide up to quad one. No, you know, it's December. We're talking about March when they need to be quad one. So far, so good. Yeah, BYU goes out and plays a tough schedule. Hopefully, BYU want, winds up with Wyoming and the Diamond Head. Wyoming's 19 in okay. that. BYU's 24 right now. Yeah, where does Utah end up? Because I know that was borderline a quad one win, but it's now quad two. Yeah. And then what happens? Creighton is really good. They're going to stay a quad one game. It'll be a quality loss, if you will. Yeah. What else? What else? we got to look closely at that. St. Mary's Gonzaga will certainly help. Yeah. Jeff Gunman tweeted that the West Coast Conference could have more NCAA tournament bids than the ACC. (laughs) Will this happen? As much as I want it to, no. <laughs> that would be insane. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll probably end up with the same. If the WCC gets four in, the ACC probably gets four in. Only four from the ACC? If the WCC Crazy. gets three in, maybe the ACC has a really down year and they only get three in. But I, I don't see the WCC outdoing the Atlantic Coast Conference in number of bids this season. San Francisco is 11-1, and one, right, um, with the loss to Grand Canyon by one, by the way on Saturday. Um, I'm still not a believer that they are in the NCAA tournament. When they start beating the likes of St. Mary's and BYU and they Gonzaga. Need, they need, and it doesn't even need to be Gonzaga, just can they get multiple wins events against the yeah. the big three? Yeah, exactly. The NBA is discussing the possibility of allowing teams to sign extra players to avoid possible COVID disruptions. The COVID re- is running rampant in pro sports right now. The replacements might show up. Yes. Would this make a Jimmer Fredette return to the NBA likely? I don't know about likely. I'm not sure. Uh, but Jimmer is making some awesome TikToks in, in Denver. So <laughs> homie's available. Who knows? Jimmer's the skills guy. He's, he's coaching some people up on social media. <laughs> yes, he is. Let's go. Joey Hoops landed in Hawaii yesterday, posted this photo of Caleb Bloner and Atiki Ali Atiki. What are your thoughts on the hat for Atiki? I'm a fan. I think it suits him well. I'm also a fan of just Caleb Lohner's fashion style in general. Because John Boy, who does breakdowns of baseball stuff mostly, he did the Tyler Algier <laughs> play, and then he pointed out Caleb Lohner. He didn't know who Caleb Lohner was, of course, but he said, is this this guy's get up every day or is this Pretty dress much. up? <laughs> that's his style. That's his, that, that's his fashion. It. That's so funny. You know what I love about it? He doesn't care. You know, he, he does his care. own thing. I respect that. Coming up, the top 10 BYU football plays of 2021. Granted, my take is from a guy who wears white pants on a regular basis, but whatever. And tight And royal blue pants. The story of the Bauer sisters of BYU women's volleyball in this week's Deep Blue. Don't go anywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Everybody, BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We've got that banner. Looks yes, nice. Yes, we do. It is time now to take you to our latest Deep Blue feature, which features the Bauer sisters of BYU women's volleyball. When Morgan and Whitney Bauer were offered to play volleyball at BYU, frankly, it was a no-brainer. 
Their mom played at BYU. Dad played basketball at BYU. But now they are carving out their own legacy in a very successful fashion and with a successful Cougar volleyball program. I used to be a setter and been a setter for a couple years now. And then after maybe sixth, seventh grade, I've had really bad knee issues. After getting an MRI, I got a phone call in eighth grade saying, hey, you need to get off your knee. You're gonna be using crutches and getting surgery. So I found that out and that kind of changed my role as a volleyball player. I then became a libero and playing back row because that's all I can do. You know, I used to be an outside hitter and the funny thing about this is I always wanted to be like my mom. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be this big, massive outside hitter. Like, yeah, I cannot wait. When I grow tall, like, yeah. Didn't grow tall. Let's just say like the height got passed down somewhere else. So I was a hitter, Morgan was a setter, but when Morgan went through her really bad knee surgeries, I took over this setting position and it's been my, my position ever since. My children are very competitive, um, but it's a genuine thing within all of my daughters. They want the best for each other. It's kind of like that balancing act as a mom that we try to help our kids have that soft heart. But your sister comes first, you know, and I know that sounds kind of crazy, and sometimes we have to put our egos down and our pride, but to see Morgan do it is, is really special. One of the coolest things about Morgan through the recruiting process was you could feel how genuine she was. You could feel that she genuinely cared about you as a person. She would ask how I was doing all the time, and she'll do that to this day. Morgan is the best support system ever. I'm so grateful for Morgan. We always want to do everything together, whether that's play volleyball or go hunting and fishing, you know, because we just love spending time with each other. I think I made a decision early on, being a dad of daughters, that I was gonna just, I was gonna interact with my, my daughters the same way I would if, 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 if they were boys. So my girls go to football games with me. We go fishing and, and, and hunting together. We, we do all the things that, that I, I would do otherwise. Fishing is not really like you talk all the time. You have this connection to nature and that connection of just, you figure out who you are even more, being able to think more and think about what I can do better as a person, I think that's pretty cool. We're so integrated with volleyball and we're always playing volleyball so much. We love taking time off and just to go outside and outdoors and in nature and just take a deep breath and relax and take time for ourselves. My goal as a mom slash coach was to do the best job of just training them and get them to be the best athletes they can be and best people they can be. And to see them have that opportunity that I had because I, I know how, how special BYU was for me and for Danny. Um, and I, I for sure wanted that for them. They understand how special BYU is but we also expose them to other schools so they can evaluate and, and make a decision for their own because I think the one thing that I think Caroline and I both believe in is every child has to make their own decision. has always been my dream school. I was so pumped when Heather um, called me and you know offered me that spot. I, was, I, I took it right on the spot. I was like, heck yeah, I'm down. When we offered her a spot on our team, she committed on the spot. She said yes and I said, are you sure you don't want to talk it over with your parents and get back to me? And she said, no, Heather. I know what I want, I want to be a BYU Cougar. She knew from the very second that this is where she wanted to be. And so no, it doesn't surprise me one bit that she answered on the spot. I would have liked to have been a little bit a part of the process, a little bit, but no, I, I think it's cool. 
I got here a little bit earlier than she did and it was like the first time we were truly separated and it was the weirdest feeling. But now that she's here, it's been a lot better. They've always been so, 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 so very close. In fact, when Whitney made the decision to, to reclassify and skip her senior and be there, I think her, her social media post was, ah, you know, Morgan, you can't get too far away from me. I graduated a year early from high school, so I skipped my senior year because I wanted to come play with Mo and the 2018 team because they were so amazing, they were so successful, and Heather just got done being named um, head coach of the year, nationally head coach of the year, you know, and so, you know, I was so quick to say, like, Heather, I'm coming early, I'm coming to you early. I don't remember there ever being apart, let's just put it that way. So, um, for the fact that they can play to, uh, at BYU together is, is very special. I'm definitely the luckiest setter, especially this year. I have so many weapons. It makes my job a lot easier because I'm like, who do I get to set this time? Whitney has a great feel for the game, so she understands the situation, she understands the distribution. She's continuing to develop th that feel as well for who needs the ball and when. I'm just lucky to experience what she kind of experiences and like soak it up from her and like steal some of her energy because it's contagious. To be around Whitney and Morgan and their growth from little teenagers to being in college and, and being able to be adults has been pretty cool. I've seen their maturation process, I've seen their communication, their relationships, their skill levels, everything rise and it's pretty cool. I, I love the fact that I get to sit back and watch these kids and watch the BYU coaches kind of take the, the <laughs> take the ropes, I guess, so to speak, but I'm, it's just really neat to see them have the opportunity to play together and have the, the BYU experience all together. It's, it's really special. Deep Blue featuring the Bauer sisters presented by Brady Industries, Simply Better. It's incredible what that family has meant to BYU Athletics. And right now, Whitney is the star, deservedly so. She's incredible. I mean, you watched her closer than most, courtside. She's amazing. She's an incredible she's, she's, volleyball player. And then the next the next Bauer sister has signed and is playing here next yes. year. There will be three Bauer three, sisters. Three Bauer sisters. Update it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, no, they're great. They're great. And, uh, you know, Danny and Caroline are amazing too. So, awesome. Coming up, Rise, shout out to an anchor for BYU football. And just because we feel like giving out an early Christmas present, Top 5 Tuesday turns into Top 10 Tuesday. More presents for everyone. Celebrate the Top 10 plays of the football season on BYU Sports Nation next. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. It's time for a very special holiday edition of Top 5 Tuesday. We're doubling the fun. It's a Top 10 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines with so many great plays from an unforgettable BYU football season. We can't just give you a Top 5. It's got to be a Top In fact, 10. we're doing a Top 100. Let's go. <laughs> Start us off at number 10. Number 10, BYU versus Virginia. Samson Nakua, 40-yard TD catch, part of a 107-yard receiving night when BYU won 66-49 versus Bronco and the boys. Huge play before the half in this shootout fashion as BYU had to go blow for blow with the Cavs, and they did and won a classic. 66 points. Number nine, K 
Keanu Hill, another wide receiver, does something that hasn't been done for BYU since 2004. Blocks the punt, falls on it for a touchdown. Of note, he already had one touchdown earlier in the day, so why not double it up there on special teams? And then he made his position coach, Kyle Griffiths, shave his head. There you go. Kyle wanted to, but yeah. Uh, this is technically a punt return as well, by the way. Fun fact. Number eight, Saturday in the Independence Bowl versus UAB. I don't know if you guys remember this. Tyler Algier broke off a 62-yard TD run. and got him within eight yards of Luke Staley's single-season rushing record at BYU, which he then set two plays later, galloping into the end zone. How many times have we seen that situation right there? I know. And then falling, diving over the goal line. That's yes. his signature move. Yes. I love the uh, security person behind me. Uh, very aptly pointed out when he got on the horse, he said, that boy gone. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. All right, in the biggest game of the year, Samson Nakua coming up with a big-time play against his former team with just nine seconds left before halftime. Jaron Hall rolls out. There's Samson. Nine-point lead for BYU into the break. This play also delivered us one of the greatest celebrations of the year with Puka rushing to join his brother in the end zone. <laughs> So good. So good. <laughs> Number six, back to the Virginia game. This was an offensive shootout because um, that's what shootouts are. But the tide turned when Uriah Atawa forced and recovered this fumble deep inside Virginia territory. The game switched. Mm. BYU scored 14 points in 30 seconds to open up the lead and eventually win. Huge play in the game. At not, number five. Not targeting? They reviewed it. Samson Nakua again delivers another unbelievable touchdown catch. This time, mosses the Boise State defender and did not hesitate to give him the too small treatment. He looked back at him. Yeah, he looked back at him like, (laughs) (laughs) Samson. I'm so glad Samson came to BYU. That was great. Number four, Arizona State. Late in the game, Jaron Hall gets hurt. Baylor Romney comes in, and he's told to only throw this ball to Isaac Rex if he's open. He's not. He throws it anyway. And Isaac Rex hauls it in and seals the win over the 19th-ranked Sun Devils. This was a huge play in the game. Oh, fantastic. And a shout-out to Isaac. Hope he's doing well in his recovery. At number three, Malik Moore and his new wing stop deal. Get in on the fun (laughs) with a spectacular interception. Oh, so good. Give me that. Makes up a ton of ground, tracks the football one hand as he's falling down. On Utah State's opening drive, helping the Cougars off to a fast start. Of course, they secured the beehive boot. Number two, Georgia Southern freshman Jacob Robinson saw what Malik did and said, I'll do you one better. Similar fashion. Moss is a defender while he's going down. He actually got recognized on Monday Night Countdown on ESPN. Got a pair of gloves from Randy Moss himself because you got Moss uh-huh. to Georgia Southern. What a play by the freshman Jacob Robinson. And our top play of the year. Oh, baby! Tyler Algier, the linebacker. (laughs) One of the most amazing plays in the history of BYU football. Chases down Merlin Robertson. KO punch! Cast this spell. Punches the ball free. Saves momentum for BYU. Jaron Hall falls on it. It's a hustle play like this that will make Tyler Algier a legend in BYU history. As good as he's been as a running back, that play, Jerem, is what everybody will remember about Tyler Algier. How about Jaron tracking it down, too? Could have given up on the Follow play. Follow the play? We've seen BYU quarterbacks give up on plays before like that. But uh, Tyler Algier tracked it down. Got Shout out to Scott Morgan, our oh, camera operator, who captured that super slow-mo He's the angle slash cam superstar yeah. in basketball and uh, the, our field general down there. Yeah, he's amazing. Those are some great plays. 
Man, that was, that was awesome. Fun, that was a fun season. <laughs> Kiki, try and top that one. <laughs> Our question of the day, fittingly, she will. about Tyler Algier. Do your win expectations for the 2022 season sway two games one way or the other, depending on Tyler Algier's decision? I think it does for me. We broke it down during the Bauer Sisters. We were looking at we it. We certainly like, did. <laughs> Ten and three with Tyler Algier. If he leaves, we probably fall back to an eight and five scenario. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's hear from that playoff bogey. It's got to be more than two wins this year. Who uh, Pointing out the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. Okay, Arizona State, Utah State, Virginia, Washington State, in his opinion, all lost without Algier. Wow. Next year, it's a three-game swing, Whoa. he says at least. Maybe more. Wow. Okay. It's a lot. That is one, a For any one player, that's a lot. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Clyde Livingston on Twitter says, no, but it might sway the number of hammer burgers I purchased. Nice. <laughs> Tyler's got a uh, hamburger called the hammer that he will deliver yes. or the, serve at the restaurant. The hammer burger. Go look it up. The hammer. Tyler. Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU athletics. Big part of Tyler Algier breaking loose. Uh, and for many of his big long runs was the man snapping the ball playing and playing. Yeah. James, James was hurt quite a bit this year, unfortunately, but yeah, played six games. Best of luck to James as he pursues the NFL. He's been here five years, man. Old Jim. He could have totally left, by the way. Yeah. When his dad got fired, it'd be it would have been easy for him to leave. Go watch his deep blue Love about James. that decision. Incredible yeah. person and super smart. Holy cow. He's super smart? So smart. Oh, nice. He our, looks like a smart guy. Our thanks to today's guest, David Nixon. Sorry to Dennis. Pitta. He ran out of time. <laughs> Andrew's crushing all your records, man, with the Ravens. I love watching this Tyler highlight. <laughs> so good. Or Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Trevor Molini. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Tyler, we love you, brother. Come back, man. We, we, we want more of these highlights.